So, what is your name and what do you do? <laughs> I'm Rob and I'm a nurse. <laughs> and this is my wife, Savannah. She's a psychiatrist. <laughs> oh, okay. Nice to meet you, Rob, the nurse, and Savannah, the psychiatrist. I'm Patrick. Uh, she also has epilepsy. Oh, that's important. Oh, no. it is. I'll make sure. Uh, it, you have to make sure you announce that to everyone in the room. Multiple times. Despite the fact that you have it well in hand and you know what you're doing, make sure you tell everyone. <clears throat> I also have this 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 medical condition to where I just speak out loud everything that I'm feeling. <laughs> so if I'm scared, I just say I'm scared. If uh, yeah. I think if I think something's a setup, I just say it out loud. Like good. I think something's wrong here. <clears throat> well, Rob, the nurse, it's it's very important for people to know, you know, what you're thinking and feeling without having to actually, you know, think or feel for themselves. So exactly. We, I, feel I know that, that, I feel that it's easier to tell people <clears throat> yeah. constantly what's going on in my mind and what I do and my name. So you know the old uh the old filmmaking uh saying, you know, don't 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 show people. Tell them. Yes. You know, you want the you want the plot and the story to to come along naturally, like you know, like any other thing in your life. No, I completely agree. Well, yeah. I'm gonna I'm, okay. I did. If you haven't realized what we're talking about yet, I'm just going. <laughs> I'm Jaron. I'm a nurse. <laughs> and and uh, if if that doesn't do it for you, I did. Uh, I did make a quick mix because it's. Kind of got to have a metal mix. It's not the best thing because there's not a lot available on this because coming soon to own on DVD and video. It's pretty much like the newest of new releases we've covered. And I paid twenty dollars no. and I own it. No, not not quite. I think uh, we we were pretty uh, we were ground floor on uh, Malignant and um... yeah, but I mean like this was like in theater. It feels feels way more important. And we'll go we'll go into it, but yeah. here's a quick little quick little mix we made, and then we're gonna dig into it. I'm Jaron. I'm a nurse. I'm Patricia. I'm a psychologist. Really? Are you ten, eleven? I'm safe. There is a lot going on here. You're playing with it. Is, is everyone trying to play a joke on us? I'll guess. I'm good at this. <laughs> You're 11, right, Trent? I'm six. Okay, that's it. It was really quick because I couldn't rip audio <clears throat> off of this movie easily. So, and I've already watched it twice. And I didn't really feel like watching it again. That's but, insanity. Yeah. Yeah, but we're we're covering um, M Night Shyamalan's old. Yeah, so um, which is nineteen ninety nine on Amazon. Uh, I know that because I you paid. own it. You yeah, no, no, that's you can I, watch it I, whenever you want. No, that would, thanks to Patrick. He did. He did say that. He's like, well, at least you something like, well, you own it now. No, I'm pretty sure I just rented it. And I went back and looked. Nope, I I bought it. I would have. Oh yeah. I would have been okay with spending the same money and then knowing that it's gone in 48 hours. Nope. But nope, it's there. It's still there. Yours. 
Yours forever, sir. Yep. <laughs> and I told yep. Patrick he needs to rewatch it again, and he said, "Oh no, I remember everything about it from the theater." And as I'm watching it, he did. He remembered <laughs> characters' names. I he remembered well, everything only about it. I only remember Jaron's name because he said he's the one who said his name about 17 times within the first. I'm Jaron. I'm a nurse. <laughs> yes, I did. And I remembered I remembered all of their uh, their occupations, too, because they tell you that for no reason. Yep. And, and you almost kind of think halfway that their occupations and their and things like that will have anything to do with it doesn't. Because you have like one woman. It does. Who, it does to an extent. A very small extent because Jaron being a nurse contributes nothing as a nurse. His wife yeah. as a psychologist uh, with epilepsy contributes nothing as a psychologist. Um, the insurance statistician, besides having one or two lines that I've already forgot, does nothing. And I guess the doctor uh, he does something, but mainly he just has he he just runs around with a pocket knife stabbing people the uh, the whole movie, and they can't seem to take the knife away from him. No. So, well, I think they just refuse to. Well, they, they did they did at one they point, and then put it in a beach bag unmonitored, and yeah. then he just came right back up and took the knife. Yeah, they refused um, to keep an eye on him or the knife that they had to wrestle away from him. Oh, um, and I guess spoilers. Uh, <laughs> Oh, you that's know. fine. Yeah. This will Spo- be... Spoiler alert. Every podcast we do is going to be spoilers. Oh, it's got to be. I'm not. Yeah, no. So, hell so far, I haven't watched one movie for this show that I'm like, you know what? We need to keep certain things a secret. No. You know? And you know what? If we cover something and it's like really good and we really want people to check this out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, especially if there's a moment in there where it's like, holy shit, that really kind of changed the movie for me. No, <laughs> this is not that movie. No, no, not at all. Um. Oh. I just want to give out one. I didn't do much Googling on this. Uh, there is a lot of YouTube featurettes, which got no interest in seeing what M night's vision was for this movie. And I sure don't want to see all these actors smiling and having a good time thinking that, you know, that they're doing something good when we all know they're not, but okay. So this, this is arguably and well, for me, it is hands down the worst M night Shyamalan movie I've ever seen. There may be others that are worse that I just hadn't watched. This is the worst I, want I have everyone ever sit, seen. I want everyone to sit back and and think of the M. Night Shyamalan movies that you've seen. And then and I want you to just let's have a moment of silence for the gravity of what Rob just said. I'm Jaron. I'm a nurse. Sorry. The silence. <laughs> this, Shut up, Jaron. We know it. The, we, we, we get it. You're a nurse. This is the worst M. Night Shyamalan film. Rob has ever seen, and you know, I, I now that you say that, I think I'm going to have to jump on board that too. I had not even he he has made so many bad films, but I had not even uh, I, I yeah, it might be because everything else at least has moments like everything else you can at least like laugh at while you're watching it. No, uh, this has got okay. This is the statistic that blows my mind about this movie. Um. This is the worst. I was going to say, it's the worst in my Shyamalan movie I've ever seen, probably ever made, mm-hmm. objectively. Yeah. This movie made $71 million. Fun. That's fun. I don't know how it's possible. 
And I'm not too upset about that. It was shot for 18 million, which is pretty low budget. And it made 70 million. The upsetting part about this is he has made arguably way better movies than this. Like I thought that the visitors was pretty good. Dude, none of those movies made $70 million. This piece of crap is going to green light him on even worse projects. (laughs) He self finances all of his movies. Oh, well then he's just, then you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, Still, but, he can green light his own now because he's got money in the bank with $70 million profit on this movie. Yeah, but... but I mean, it, I'm part of it. I'm part of the problem. It's, yeah, I no, and $20 that's... $20 for that's, it. Yeah, my brother and I went to see this in theaters, man. That's, I, I, that's why, you know, um, theaters were kind of just opening back up. Um, you had, you know... It, at least a recognizable name in horror, you know, um, somebody who makes terrible, but interesting films attempts to make interesting films. So, you know, I, I was on board. I, I knew it was going to be bad. I did not expect what I saw. Um, I didn't know it was going to be bad. I was actually kind of excited to see it when the trailer came out, not because of the name attached to it. I just thought it was really interesting. Oh, I knew it was like a week later. Patrick's like, yeah, no, you don't want to see that. I knew full well when you when you got so hell bent on seeing it, I knew it was because you thought you were going to like it and you knew it was going to bother me if you did. Well, that's always, always a underlying motivator for me, Um, because like I genuinely like demonic. I genuinely like that movie, and I know it bothers you. Bullshit. So, no, I promise you, I genuinely like that movie. Even Savannah you watched it. It did. I thought it was groundbreaking. It was. God damn it. See, and this is why. This is why. I swear to God, this is why you wanted to watch Old. I knew it, and I, I warned you. But this so is showing times. how bad Old is. I really can find the silver lining in a lot of things to try to like it. I honestly, I'm not taking it back. I liked, I liked Demonic. Um, I really genuinely like Unfriended and I could not find anything about this movie to like. I mean, when it first started, it opens up with these people riding in like a shuttle to a resort and immediately it feels so not right because the, the father, the, 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 the male lead of the family of four he is supposed to be from Pittsburgh and he sounds like he's from France. He's got a very weird, it sneaks out constantly. Wait, was he, he supposed to be from Pittsburgh? Yes, like native yes. Pittsburgh? Yes. They made sure to say that he is from Pittsburgh. She, no. she is like a low rent Tilda Swindon with a worse accent. And her accent changes too. I got no idea where she's supposed to, to be from. I and they're then like French. Well, she does. He says he's from Pittsburgh and his accent comes and goes. And then the kids don't look anything like the parents unless the parents, especially as the kids progress and get older. Um, Those two kids, it must have been through it. Yeah, he is. So it looks like they were from a divorce or something or they were adopted. But even when you get through that, okay, so they get to the 
they get to the resort and then it turns out that um that that she not only are they going through a separation or divorce but she has a tumor um and we get a lot she has a tumor and they're going through a divorce separation but they're they're staying together um and they're not going to tell the kids what's going on except the kids hear everything because they are screaming these yeah, plot a, points a, through a paper thin slider door and the kids are just sitting there like yeah okay yeah they're they're sitting there they're they're having discussions about how this is going to be we're going to do one last family vacation for the children for them you know for them to remember us and blah 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 um so but but then they just start shouting and the kids like the reaction of the children uh would lead me to believe like they've heard all this before none oh, of yeah, this not a shock to them at all no like oh yeah mommy slept with somebody else which explains why you know we're different ethnicities than each other yeah no that could be the problem um and then it goes to okay then we cut to like the the breakfast buffet well um, the, the the exposition buffet sir sorry sorry the exposition buffet where we have we the have camera okay this oh this is this is <laughs> Again, Which, this is what by the drives way, me nuts, and it's becoming a real current theme in just newer movies. Doesn't even no, matter. It, M. Night Shyamalan's been making movies since the '90s, but here it is. So excited. The camera goes. Excited when you watch this, Rob, because I the know camera. Oh, the camera goes table to table. Yeah, now, we're following this family. So if you're gonna have this stupid amount of exposition, it mm-hmm. should be due to introductions via this family you're watching they're running into people and oh this yeah. is so and so and hi my name's jaron and i'm a nurse and but no the camera pans from table to table and these people are explaining themselves to the people at the table that already know them like there yeah. literally is a husband and wife at the table and he's basically like yes honey i'm a doctor and we're on vacation yeah and okay, and, she and, and would and know because she she's with you. And and she looks at the the waiter. Um, is this calcium rich juice? Because I have a calcium deficiency and I need calcium rich juice. Meanwhile, is, you are can, you sure? Because if I don't have calcium, then, I will literally turn to powder. Wink, yeah. wink. That could yeah. happen later. Wink. Uh, God, and then well, it's, and, well, then it turns into okay. The other part, she's married to a doctor. So I'm sure he could write her or get her figure out how to help her calcium count without drinking, you know, Tropicana orange juice plus calcium. She just take a supplement or I don't know how it works. But anyway, so then we cut immediately to it pans to immediately to another table where uh, a little uh, uh, Jaron um, is there with his the wife nurse. who who Jaron. Yes. Sorry. I'm Jaron. I'm a nurse. Um, his, he and his wife, who is a psychologist, are sitting there, and she immediately goes into seizures. And at first, me and Sven are like, oh, okay, the creepy eye one stuff. Nope, she's just having a seizure. Um, the Which doctor, she has regularly, and you would know that uh, from listening to Jaron, who gets down on the ground and shouts, I'm Jaron. I'm a nurse. This he is my says wife. His she's name. a psychiatrist who has seizure, who has epilepsy. He tells everybody not 
again, it's like written by somebody who's never spoke the language and has never interacted with humans. You would just, you could have that scene. You just say, it's okay, everybody. Um, she's, it's okay, everybody. She's my wife. She has epilepsy. You don't even uh, have to say she's your wife. That's or, or whatever. Being you, there. Yeah. Or you just say she's having, it's okay. She, she, she's an epileptic. Yeah. Anyway. So the doctor saunters over and Jaron introduces himself to the doctor over the seizing body of his wife. They're on opposite sides of his wife. He looks and the doctor goes, hi, I'm so-and-so I'm a doctor. Jaron reaches his hand out and they shake hands yep. over a body flailing goes, hi, I'm Jaron. I'm a nurse. And then, and then the doctor so, stands up and goes, it's okay, everybody. It's just a grand mal seizure. Okay. You don't know anything about this woman. One, two, Jaron, the nurse already told everybody that like we yeah. got it. Well, and any exposition they weren't able to like haphazardly plow through during that, they made sure to have the children uh, play a little game called what's your name and what do you do? Who is your daddy? Yeah. And what does he do? God, I should have got They that. ran That's up to random movie. people on the beach and asked them what their name was and what did they do for a living. And the, oh, one of the only a, people you there's hear There's a police officer from, there. Yeah. That, this, that yeah. comes back. That comes, you got to yeah. pay attention. And, and the entire film, I'm thinking to myself, gee, I wonder how that police officer is going to come into play. Because I know it's going to because that was set. They told and me. And again... Oh my god. And again, why are there why is there anybody else here? Why? Why are there regular patrons to this one this, this resort, resort this special resort that this is specifically made for sucks. a very specific purpose? And this resort sucks. The beach sucks, the cliffs suck, the views suck, everything about this thing sucks. I don't know. The actual resort looks like it it's fine, right? The Yeah, the yeah special, but it doesn't look like that the amazing. The special beach that they go to is bullshit. Look, I would have gotten there. From, been like, like being from being from Florida, okay. We, I'm not a beach guy really, but like you know, vacationing and living and all in the Gulf and everything like that. When they showed this beach, I'm like, I don't even. One, I wouldn't have been there, like, because like it's mud, sand, brown sand. The water isn't blue, and there's like the dude is. It is the worst. There is, there's, there's, there's nothing there's about jagged it rocks nice. all over the place. Hey, this is a great place for families. Anyway, so the after we uh, after we get introduced, I'm to, Jaren. I'm a nurse. Yes, thank you, Jaren. After we've been introduced to the nurse, um, the the owner of the hotel or the concierge or the manager walks he's up. All to of the, them. Yes, he's all of them. Comes up and basically says, "There's a secret beach." Um, I'm really not supposed to do this, but if you come down to the lobby at this time during the day, I will have my shuttle bus driver who looks just like M night Shyamalan drive you to this special beach and then drop you off and leave you and just come pick you up later. And they agree to all of this. Yeah. To, and they're excited about it. They yeah. agree to everything on here. So, yeah. Not much else happens except for more exposition, but it's not even important exposition. It's mainly just characters throughout the movie leading up to and then including on the beach that just constantly vocalize everything that they think 
and C. We are seeing it. They are seeing it. But just so we know that they saw it, they speak it out loud. And I'm not, I, even Savannah, who doesn't get near as riled up as me about this, if she was losing her mind over the, the picnic basket thing, this is a lot of food. Yes, it is a lot of food. Do you think we need all this food? Well, you've got kids. Kids eat a lot of food. And then they keep going. And there's three of them. They literally, we know how many we were in the bus. He knows how many he was in the bus. That is an actual exchange. That's even longer in the movie between M night Shyamalan and the Frenchman from Pittsburgh over how many picnic baskets they need to go to the beach. Well, and, and also you want to help me bring the picnic baskets down? No, um, I can't. I have more people to pick up. The movie couldn't even follow its own rules. Like there the are speed, no rules in this movie. There's the speed no with rules. Which, with, After with, what which, happened to Kia Sophia, there are no rules in this movie. They they would all have to be constantly non-stop gorging themselves. Yes, because like, you, yeah, you have three picnic baskets. Guess what? That is not an entire lifetime's worth of fucking food. Like, well, and then we have, okay, so then, you know, they get down to the beach and there is a, a big, uh, black guy down there whose nose is bleeding. And we recognize him because in between this, there's a quick little 30 second shot of him creepily watching another woman skinny dip sometime late, late in the night. Now, when they get to the beach they don't see him, but he sees them. He's kind of just like chilling, lurking in the background, which, which also, but also breaks the rules because from yeah, just, just real quick, from what we learn, every 30 minutes is basically like what one year of life or something or one. Oh, well, I think it's, I think it's even faster than that, but like it's basically like 50, it's basically you age. Yeah. That guy and, was there for like two days almost. Yeah, exactly. So you age, I think the way that they calculated it, is like 50 years in a 24 hour period, something like that. It's basically, I mean, like it's quick and he's been there since late the night before all the way up to the early. So he's already been there for like 12 hours, let's say. And he hasn't aged a bit and he doesn't even start to age until of course all the characters show up. But so they go to this crap. I mean, the beach is awful. It's just a junk beach and we get <laughs> it's just a god awful. Like, and it then we just start like, getting more exposition here and there. You know, I kind of don't remember what happens when they first get to the beach. Hmm. When they first get to the beach, they walk around. Uh, the doctor. Now, I will give them this credit. This is the one thing they didn't say out loud. Um, however, the, they, they, <laughs> they made sure you didn't miss it where they would do like a close up of the doctor's face. Just like squinting over at uh the black guy because yes. um he didn't trust him like from the get-go they didn't come right out and say oh the doctor's racist he didn't say i just don't like black people but he did say many times i just don't trust him i don't trust him um so, so they do so the, there is that and then you know what hey you know what though rob real quick because we didn't touch on it um what was what was that guy's name rob 
Charles? No, not him. Who was the, what was the name of the black guy? Oh, um, oh, uh, uh, Grand Caravan. Jeep Grand Caravan. Yep. Yeah, uh, we got Grand Caravan. <laughs> he goes by, he, he turns out he is a very famous rapper. He who, is. One of the children, the oldest daughter recognizes and is like, it's like, it's like, holy crap, it's Ford Taurus. And she runs over there and he's all like, yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm like on his, his, his line is, oh, damn. Everything is, oh, damn. But anyway, so she recognizes him. The doctor gives him the, uh, the squinty eyed, um, country club racist look. Um, and then. Again, this is like the worst speech ever. The boy is like bobbing around in like in like the part of the beach that just like retains like the tidal water. This like gross little yeah. pond in yeah. the in the rocks. And the the girl that went skinny dipping out in the water's body floats up and they find her and then here's, you know, then all the characters come together. And immediately the doctor is like, his nose is bleeding. I believe she tried to defend herself against him. I'm just, I'm just doing, what does he say? He says something like, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just, yeah. I'm just trying to do my job. Yeah. No, that's not your job. And then, um, then his wife comes running up and is like, darling, your, 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 your mother, she stopped breathing because his older mom's there. So of course she, we don't even, and that's the other part. We don't even get to see her like aged to dust or anything fun. No, she it just, just has cuts a heart attack, and then they yeah. just cover her with the sheet. And then the doctor immediately starts blaming. Um, the doctor immediately starts starts blaming uh, uh, Toyota Corolla, and saying that because he killed this girl, the the side of the dead body put his mother into shock and gave her a heart attack. And again, none of this actually does anything. Like I mean, these are just things that are happening. And yeah. we don't really revisit. No, they don't any any of it again. But then the best part of the movie happens. Jaron and his wife show up randomly. <laughs> How they got there, we don't know. I but mean, we, well, well, we know we know that the guy delivered them, but why yeah. did they just show up thirty minutes later? Like, like I guess they were late for the shuttle. But just them. Yeah, my only guess, my only guess would be that somebody, somebody at that resort was like, "No, that that sounds like a shitty beach. I'm good." You know, there had to be like, I'm looking, I'm looking at these pictures right now and this just looks like, this just looks so, awful. All right. Um, so mid-sized sedan becomes, I mean, to the audience, because again, they don't, nothing is left up to wonder about, right? So the audience knows exactly where mid-sized sedan has yeah, been. Cause, cause, well, Cause they show you that he's just sitting on the beach at night in the shadows at night. Yeah, watching this girl that um, that just slid um, um, into his DMs, kind of what he says, like, "Yeah, I mean, she just she hit me up, and you know, we went to this, we happened to be here, and uh, she has uh, she again very like vague, but like, and she has a medical condition, and I have a medical condition, so you know, we were bonding." <laughs> Yeah, and we she bonded over swimming. our medical conditions. And then Which we don't like, know what any of them are. We don't know what hers is. We don't know what hers was, but we do know that everybody on that island has a medical condition, with the exception of the children. And with the exception of the children, with the exception of Jaren. Oh, Jaren, my yes. knowledge. 
and with the exception of the children's father, the insurance salesman from Pittsburgh. Yeah, there you go. I, yeah. I assume, and the exception of the mother, the grandmother, uh, because she just died of old age. Yeah, she and, just, uh, yeah. And the children. So pretty much the only people on the beach that have a medical condition is Jaren's wife, uh, yeah. the psychiatrist. We know she has epilepsy because we saw it and they told yeah. us three different times as yeah. we were seeing it. Um, we do know that the doctor's wife has a calcium deficiency because, uh, we had a 30 minute, you know, back and forth with the waiter about whether or not the orange juice actually has calcium in it. Now the early onset, the early onset dementia though, that, but no, know. no, was no, that but that wasn't, or was that, that just... wasn't, that, this, that, this is the other part. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought that's what he had was early onset dementia. Yeah. Alzheimer's. But he doesn't. What? Nope. They make it perfectly clear at the end of the movie that he was a paranoid schizophrenic. What? No. Yes, they did. No, yes, they did. They did. No. I promise you. I rewound it and I listened to it twice no. because, yep. Because the little guy there at the end of the movie goes, I really want to, at the end of the movie, the, the little guy goes up to the big guy and it's like, I just really want to voice, um, my, you know, my, 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 my disagreement about having non-medical, or you know, non-sick medical condition patients on the beaches with the other ones, and we really have to divide the mental, the mentally ill patients from the physically ill because the paranoid schizophrenic killed, um, uh, killed uh, um, inside Sam. No, not him. Um, uh, killed uh, the Kia, killed Kia Sorrento yeah. on the beach. And they didn't have enough time to see what his blood clotting condition did. They had all the time in the world. But they called him a paranoid schizophrenic. So that also just none of these stupid things would have just been better if he had. I thought that's what he was because the whole time he's talking about what was that Marlon Brando, Jack Nicholson movie? I thought he was he had dementia and it was growing worse as the time went by on the beach. But no, he just was they he was a paranoid schizophrenic, which makes no sense. Or I mean, no. I guess, well, nothing in the movie makes sense, so it doesn't really matter. But like, you intentionally, you intentionally, somebody I'm sure was like, you know, it would probably work out just as well if he had dementia, right? Like, no, 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 no. We really want to. It was, it was a paranoid schizophrenic. It would we work don't, out. It would work yeah. out better. Wait, so if he was a paranoid schizophrenic, they were trying to treat him. They were trying to cure. What he was a doctor. Yeah, yeah, which again makes no sense. I don't know if you knew this, Rob, but uh, paranoid schizophrenics don't often, especially at that age, the age he was at, like that's not an onset. Like that's that's not the age of onset for schizophrenia. Uh, It's roughly about 23 years old is when most people would start having, you know, an onset of schizophrenic tendencies. And it really fucks with your life. You're not going to go out and become a doctor with a wife and kid and you know fun happy successful life no uh, no you're not and even yeah. if you're medicated because those medications for schizophrenia uh don't don't uh aren't very conducive <laughs> to um you know a successful life honestly no and again like it just would have been better if he it would have made more sense with the dementia because he has a whole thing where he's worried about losing his uh you know about not being a doctor not being the head of 
surgery or wherever he is anymore yeah. and all these other things like that. So it would make much more sense that, yeah, that he was a wow, that he wow. was having dementia. Well, and as we're going through this, um, it becomes more uh, abundantly clear that only it seems to be like only certain people are actually like aging at least quickly because the kids all of a sudden go from like i think it's like six and 11 and whatever to like 20 which they they age wildly uh wildly inconsistently as well because you would think like dude my kids are six and three they look nothing like they did three months ago. Like children are constantly changing. Um, they do not. They go from they literally leap from how old was the girl? Like four or five or whatever, six, whatever. I mean, she was tiny because they were all different ages. So, like, I think the doctor's child was like, yeah, maybe four to five of course the one kid was six and a quarter yeah. um and then his his sister was older than him so yeah. i'm gonna give her 10 but like or 11 and then, should of course, have, and then of course at the end of the movie you should have noticed something was fucked up within about 10 minutes yes like and they the fact that it was like blink and all of a sudden like out of nowhere this uh, this child, like, oh no, you must be eleven. Oh no, I'm six. And they look at each other, like, uh, <laughs> no, you're eleven. Like, god damn it. Oh, and then Jaron looks right at his wife and is like, they're playing a game with us. They're playing like, a game with us because I'm a nurse. I know how old children are. No, it's just it is, it is the most insane. So each one of them, though, again, they get to. They get to discuss what they do for a living because even though it doesn't come into play as far as figuring out what's going on and, you know, each one brings a certain skill to the table that's going to help them out. Um, what they do is they get to have their own little monologues as to what they think is going on because of what they do for a living. So, yes. for instance, at one point they, they get together like a positive energy prayer circle or whatever because Jaron's epileptic wife decided that's a good thing. Uh, this is just a collective negative energy or whatever the shit that they were feeling. Well, uh, then you find out like, um, okay, the dad from Pittsburgh, uh, he is an insurance statistician who goes over risk rates. Which so he, which he, he that actually is probably seven the times too, and it probably is about the most um, entertaining lines are probably from him, kind of with the whole. Like, you know, 90% of all accidents happen like this. And then so many accidents happen like that. And it, that one's actually okay. And then, um, and then here, like it comes with even more, his wife is a curator of like a museum. So yes. And, and that only comes into play one time because they go and look at a body, the body that had washed up and they find out, holy crap, the body's been, um, decomposed all the way, and they give her this whole stupid little no, backstory. It yes, it was, it was whole the bone. St- she was able, that's how they broke down how quickly people were aging because she yeah. looked at the bones and she was like, 
Oh, well, seven years. Five at least. years for this to happen, but it's only been 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> no, no, I know actually, because I'm a museum insane. curator. It, it is how she would finish off. Everybody would finish off whenever they had their little piece to say about what they thought was going on. It's because I would a nurse. finish it with, I know I do this for a living. I'm a blank. Yes. Which, unfortunately, for mid sized sedan, nothing had to do with, you know, uh, with rap, rap, apparently. No. And of course, mid sized sedan. Uh, then we find out, too, that they also have like super magical uh healing powers so they the the as they're in their communal circle the um museum curator tells everybody uh then then the psychiatrist says well maybe we should maybe it's like a um a group hysteria so we should tell everybody about ourselves yeah and they yeah, start we didn't and they like have enough what? spoken exposition yet yeah so. so it's what is your name what do you do and what's the worst thing that's going on in your life? And they don't even, I think they, they only make it to her. That's it. The museum curator. And she's like, I'm so-and-so I'm a museum well, curator. Because, and then we and she, doesn't, and she doesn't get into her being a whore. Um, it just gets into her and I have a tumor and then she faints. And now we don't see any of this, like any part of the movie where it'd be, oh, okay, I'd like to see a, a tumor grow or some like some, some physical effect or something. No, it's just the camera looking at their faces and them reacting to the make believe tumor. Cause all oh, of a really? sudden they don't even show it. Nope. They, they don't, they don't I, show I it. got up and went to the, that was the moment when I got up and went to the bathroom. I think they show the cut. Well, anyway, so they're down there and they're feeling around. They're like, Oh my God, it's the size of a golf ball. And then the camera pans to look at all their scared faces and then the camera makes it full pan back around to Jaron again. And Jaron's like, oh, it now it's the size of a grapefruit. Then it pans <laughs> around again. And then it gets back to Jaron. He's like, and we got to cut it out because now it's the size of like, you know, whatever. The next bigger fruit, a cantaloupe. And then it goes around again. Then we see him take a knife and cut for the tumor. And immediately, of course, it super heals. So then they're like, okay. We got to cut it now. Then everybody reach their hands in there and pull it open to keep it from healing. So the doctor immediately who we all think has dementia goes, starts talking about Jack Nicholson, Marlon Brando movies. And then finally Jaron, the, some of the best line in the movies like Jaron or no, Jaron goes, doctor, you have to make the cut doctor, make a four inch incision just above the, like, you know, whatever gluteus colloidal muscle. <laughs> like I mean, like he goes that it's just the stupidest dialogue. Wait a minute, they reached their bare hands into again. I was in the bathroom during this. Yes, they reached their bare hands into her to then physically that you do kind of see then like the tumor for like a second and it is big. It's like the size of okay, but you know, like, like, like a gourd. But then it then that completely breaks the rule of the end of the movie when they fight the the homicidal doctor and he's just slashing the shit and he's the oldest one there now but yet he's stronger than everybody else and he's slashing the pittsburgh guy all up and then the wife runs and grabs a rusty a rusty knife from the beach the rust gets in the bloodstream and the rust gets gets in the bloodstream and he literally gets yeah he melts he dies of tetanus however like 
no other rules be you know of infection of starving to death again none of these people have eaten in forever so at one point they even try again spoken exposition where uh they do this throwaway where oh well the kids have to eat so much because they're creating you know they're building more mass and etc etc but dude like the entire way that our bodies replicate and 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 you know we're constantly set shedding dead cells right we're eating yeah. replenish all of that shit so what what no the, it makes no sense because then oh my god so they pull the tumor out a bunch of nothing happens for a little while except for more exposition and random talking and then jaron comes up with the idea because jaron is the man like patrick said jaron is the hero we didn't deserve um he says well what if it is when they try to get through when they try to cross the perimeter which we will get to whether it's through the tunnel or any other way like there there there's a line so far into the rocks to where you hit the barrier between the super aging and the regular and you just black out and yeah, somehow you just black out back so, to the beach though yeah so you black out and basically you hit the reset button you're back on the beach well jaron is like well what if it's like the bends when you're scuba diving what if it's because you you need to become acclimated so they kind of have that which makes some sense but then you find out it makes no sense because again when it happens, you just get thrown right back on the beach again. So it's not like you just black out at that spot. You black out, you disappear, and then you reappear. They don't explain any of that. But then basically the only other thing happens next is we cut to the doctor with the knife um, uh, stabbing Cadillac DeVille on the, on the beach. And I'm texting Patrick this whole time because – they super heal. I mean, they heal like as soon as it's cut, it heals. And not yet, only that, not only that, this guy, uh, uh, um, you know, Kia Sorrento, Kia Sorrento, thank you, is like two times the size. Of oh, he's a monster. Vol- Volkswagen Passat has got to be like a foot taller and a hundred pounds on this doctor. Yeah, and he's doing good, even though he has a blood clotting disorder that we don't get into at all. Um, nope. he's still strong. Yeah. And, but it, it, that doesn't matter because, um, I think M Knight realized, oh, I don't, I don't know how to write uh, dialogue for this character. So, uh, we need to get rid of him. Um, so, so yeah, he gets stabbed to death because the doctor is, I guess, evidently paranoid schizophrenic. Um, I, that makes even less sense. Um, so then they all freak out again. They sit him in a corner by himself. Nobody watches him. They take the knife. They put it haphazardly into a bag and then just set the bag somewhere else, which again, nobody's keeping an eye on. No, nobody's watching him. Nobody's watching the bag with the knife that he just used to kill one of them. Um, they're just like, I want to take this time to really, if you haven't seen this movie, I, you know, it's hard. It, it, it is hard, but you know, if you haven't seen it, and you 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 know, you don't understand when you watch a movie as well written and as well shot as this, with the amount of character development that <laughs> when you when, when you lose 
you know, when, when you lose somebody like, like Volkswagen Jetta in, in a story with limited characters like this, it hurts. Oh, I mean, because you know what hurts because what, because what comes up next, what comes up next, actually what comes up next, um, is unbelievable (laughs) because what comes up next is we have a, like, I don't know if younger listeners will remember it, but like the real world San Francisco where they sit people down in front of a camera and they have confessionals, which is now on all the, all the reality shows. We basically have a, a single person shot of the little girl who used to be five, who's now maybe, maybe 16 years old. Yeah. I'm not even saying 16. I don't think so. Um, talking as if she was a philosophy student at a high up, like higher education school with the kid who uh, knocked his sister's head off in hereditary, who <laughs> looks like he's 27 because he is 27 yeah. Um, yeah. playing what would be. So she's 16. I'd say she's 16. I'd say he's 20. I mean, he's definitely older than her because he was like, two years older than her multiple none of the math in this works anyway if you did if you multiplied them out like that but anyway so they're they're talking and again they are supposed to have the mental mentality of six and five-year-olds at this point and they are having the most like in-depth life like like i'm no longer scared anymore you know my body's making changes and these changes are happening um yeah. but i don't fear that i mean they're having like this deep conversation well and they keep and going I, and, and, and i they keep yeah. like sometimes it's like they go heavy-handed on the they're four years old right their mentality is four years old and then other times they'll be like um why is he now he's acting like a 25 year old like what no. what are we doing yeah, you know, well, that whole conversation in the tent, they do not act like they act way older than than what they are supposed to be mentally. Of course, we all know where this is leading. And I mean, I guess that was for some reason you had to have this in the movie. You did um, not. No, no, no. I'm not saying that you did. I'm saying that they believed that you did. Um, and so because they believe that you did have to have this they i think made sure that that particular scene wasn't just two children okay talking like that because of what they do next let me so i i i do i do understand the idea of and you could even argue that 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 happening is probably the most natural thing that happened in the film in the sense that if you have a four-year-old and a six-year-old and they're all all of a sudden thrust into the amount of hormones that a 16 year old would have out of nowhere um yes they will potentially and stupidly act on it whatever doesn't matter don't need to fucking see it don't need it implied um if it's going to be a linchpin or some kind of catalyst for the rest of the film somewhat understandable but it was not it was yet another just thing that happened throughout this whole film but the crazy thing is, is because is because they leaned in so hard to how quick everything happens, dude. They wouldn't even had time 
to to do any of this. I don't think. No, that, like I would have been little, it would have been it would have been smarter if it was over like a three or four day period and maybe oh, yeah. one of the adults did something to, you know, relieve the stress. You know, you just gotta relieve the stress. And then it slowly takes place kind of a thing. But no, for like children to do it. Men children that up into up until the tent scene were just kids in adults' bodies. Then during the tent scene, they weren't. Then right after it, here they come strolling out, and she's already uh, preggers. And she's like seven it, or eight months pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, but they're still talking like children. And she hasn't noticed anything. No, again, because there here comes the kid thing, and, and she's eating pasta salad, like a four-year-old would eat pasta salad. And just really gross. And then here comes like the next part that they made sure to have in there for whatever, you know, you said for whatever value that as soon as the baby is born, it cries and then it immediately dies, which we don't get to see anything of any of that. It's just, she's just holding a towel and she's, and immediately, um, Jaron's wife, uh, Jaron, the nurse, um, his wife goes, the baby died from, uh, malnourishment. Uh, yeah, well, she used another word, but basically, yes, it, like a, she used a more clinical word for it um, because she's also a doctor. She's a therapist, but she has epilepsy. Um, and she's just like, yeah. And so then here we are. They, he introduces that, and immediately anybody who's paid any attention is like, well, then they'd all be dead because they're not. You couldn't eat fast, even if all they did was eat, even if they were hooked up to yeah. to a to a food IV. Drip. It, it would. It still wouldn't in, be able to deliver it quick enough. No, it wouldn't deliver it quick enough. Your body wouldn't process it quick enough. No, your 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 just breathing would not be able to process the oxygen quick enough. I mean, but so, um, so just and what, and we, and what, and what we find Jaren, out, and what and this may sound really nitpicky about. Well, he introduced it. The whole you could starve to death that quick. So that's this isn't us really nitpicking. This is M Night's genius. But yeah, what we come to find out is that none of this is supernatural. Like it is a physical effect because of the, this beach and the cliffs surrounding it. But like, they never lean into like, this is like cursed or any kind of supernatural thing to where I think supernatural stuff like that is more forgiving. You can say, well, you could kind of, but no, cause I mean, they really lean into this at the end of it being like, oh, this yeah, is all a, nat- a physical phenomenon. natural phenomenon, which means as soon as you hit the beach within five minutes you're dead yes yeah um so like like <clears throat> like you just said if it, if it follows like some kind of natural rules or law, like the fact that it is a physical thing and is tied to physics or chemistry or whatever it has to follow some set of rules and the rules that it has don't make any fucking sense and then so um it still has that little barrier that as soon as you cross it you pass out Jaren decides he's going to take it upon himself. He's going to. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. So Jaren goes out. He's like, I'm a good swimmer. I knew it. I was so, I was texting you the whole time. I'm like, look, after we just lost Chrysler LeBaron. Yeah. I don't, don't do this to me. And and I feel so bad for him because anyway. Oh no. I'll I'll let you do it. He, he decides he again. He's the hero we didn't deserve. And was it was it before or after his wife had a seizure? Before. Okay. 
So she died alone. That's good. So Jaren. Oh, spoilers. Yeah. So Jaren runs off or swims off because he's going to, you know, he's, he's trying save to save his wife everything. because she has epilepsy. Yeah. And then shortly, I, I want to say my sequence of events are off, but it doesn't matter. I don't give a shit. Um, so he swims off. And then shortly after that, his wife has a huge seizure um, and ends up dying from it. Um, rest in, rest peace. in peace, Jaron's wife, the therapist. Doctor, I also like that it was McCormick, Jaron, and yeah, he he did not look like McCormick. No, he didn't. But the reason why I know it is because we will get into it. My little, I yeah. guess, it the Easter egg of this movie. Yeah. So <laughs> that's part of this movie. So also, don't forget the lady with the calcium issues. Uh, whatever they were, um, they randomly they they show her for a second. Now she's slinking into the shadows. She's becoming uh, a shadow person uh, with a hunchback, or at least it implies a hunchback the first time. And then you see her, and you're like, "Oh no, she's she's pretty much fine." Um, yeah. Um, and then, well, <laughs> they uh, imply they seriously like they shoot around it, like you know, where they just shoot over the shoulder, or they. They shoot just a shadowy figure, and it implies that. I, I I still hate that they do it because it's like, why are you even, you know, don't tease and hide the fact that this person's messed up. I know that's what you're doing, so just show at this point. But yeah, no, they do that, but then they show her, and it's like her makeup's messed up. That's all, right now. Yeah, and she's looking at herself in like the reflection of like a like a steel box, like a steel lunchbox or something. So it, she's already distorted, so you can't really tell. But yeah, yeah. she scuttles off into the darkness, uh, into the she cave. Uh, she does. And, um, it's a, that's a scuttler. And then, okay, hold on here. And then, did Jaren's body wash up? Or yeah. Okay, so then Jaren's body, Jaren's washes, body up, washes up. And, and this is that... the best. This is the best line in the movie. The best, as there's so many of them. This is the line that really drove me absolutely insane. When you talk about exposition, the body washes up. He's dead. One of the characters, I believe it's Pittsburgh dad, goes, something happened. He must have gone unconscious while swimming. Which, again, honestly, now, now he says this. He's not, nobody walked up to him and said, hey, Pittsburgh guy, <laughs> what's what's happening over there on the beach? No, him and everybody else around him are looking at the waterlogged, drowned corpse of Jaron, the nurse. And he says to all of these people and to the audience who are seeing this, I don't know, but it looks like he must have gone unconscious while swimming yes or here's what you do you could just get rid of that whole line and say eh, he drowned or you don't say anything and you have a moment of silence for this man because nobody here standing over him is wondering what happened to him yeah they everyone all there pretty much understands he drowned just yeah. like the body of the blonde girl that washed up there's yeah. no guessing we didn't need a doctor or a museum curator. Nobody had to tell us yeah. that when he died, 
into what he died of. So, we got it. So, Jaren washing up on the shore. Again, forgive me if I, my chain of events is a little off, but I believe that was what caused everyone to kind of hit that panic. And then, so the girl who had become pregnant earlier, um, she's like, we got to get off this island. I'm going to go get help. Our baby, our baby died. Our, our baby. Like, she's talking to the other kid. I, I, I specifically remember her referring it to it as our baby. Yes. Um, and so she's like, I'm going to climb up this rock. I'm really good at climbing. Um, and he's like, stop, don't, you don't know what'll happen. She's like, oh, I'm going to do it, whatever. So she climbs up there and she falls to her death because she passes out too. Again, so, because nobody understands how like a perimeter works. Yeah. It's, it's like, why, it's kind, it's why kind at of like this a, point? It's kind of like a fence that whether it is a fence or it's not, um, it's, it's, it's a line in which you cannot cross. Yeah. Now, you can't safest, cross it in the water. The see, safest again, way to, to try and test out and, and, and try and get out of there at this point is to just run back through the tunnel. That way, if you pass out, the worst thing that's going to happen, you're going to fall over quickly. Yep. And then, you know? well, if you go through the tunnel, it just puts you right back on the beach nice and safely. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so she plumbing. passes out and plummets into yeah. the rocks, which again, yeah. we don't get to see any of. So we just see her kind of and again the perimeter thing isn't so much because okay they are kids they don't understand but there's even adults down there i think pittsburgh dad said it was like oh i don't know she's almost there it doesn't matter well rob there weren't anyone there wasn't anyone there that was a uh, geologist okay so how are they no, supposed we, to know? you know if they had a land surveyor there he could have explained and explained the whole <laughs> ideal of a of a perimeter so so it, it then like it, you know, it, it becomes nighttime and you're realizing that the, the two main parents, the, the French couple from Pittsburgh, um, they're sitting there. They're slowly becoming all of a sudden they have wrinkles. Now they have wrinkles. They this whole time they didn't. Now it's like, oh, let's. Well, let's she's she's going deaf in just like one or both ears. And he's going blind. And he's going blind. And um, yeah. And so they're having their silent little sunset moment where after, you know, they're they're just reflecting on their broken marriage and their family and how happy they really were together. And they're just happy to spend their last dying moments together. And no point did they seem concerned at all about the fact that their children are also going to die a horrible Nobody death. seems but, to be concerned at all on how to I will say they spend less time and I mean they spend almost no time in this movie trying to figure out how to leave. Oh no, they there's just they they, they no, they're just running around stabbing rappers. Yeah. Or they just, they expl- much just, just constantly explaining their you know what? The whole constantly explaining your name and your occupation would have actually been like hilarious if it happened later in the movie and it's because they were all so old, they couldn't remember what was going on. Like, let's say they it all turns out they were all dementia patients. Yes. That would have been great. If everybody on the Island was suffering from early onsets, uh, Alzheimer's and that like within, make within, within an hour, they're just like, it'd be like the guy from, um, Oh, the guy from Adam Sandler's that 51st dates thing. Hi, I'm Tom. And they, <laughs> So it's the whole movie, just them going back and forth, around and around again. Introducing, hi, I'm Jaron. I'm a nurse. <laughs> well, but one of so, them, 
but one of them isn't. One of them is completely sane, and he's slowly being driven mad by everybody (laughs) showing him pictures of their kids and all these awful. uh, Oh, hi, I'm I'm Patricia, and I'm a. I'm a I'm a museum curator. Did I have I ever told you the story? I fucking about- know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. Stop it! And then that guy immediately would climb the cliff. I would I would be climbing the cliff. God, so good. Um, so they're sitting there at the little campfire. They're the only ones, obviously. Again, uh, the the. The doctor, who has already killed one person, is off by himself. Nobody's watching him. Nobody, Nobody even, has watched him. Even the, the audience isn't watching him. I had no idea. He just showed back up again. I forgot he was. Well, no, because they I showed I thought he would have died of old age by then because he was the. Oh, dude, the doctor, his wife is intentionally younger. You can tell. Like, the doctor yeah. had to be, when they hit the island, let's say the doctor had to be 65. He's very, very yeah. healthy yeah, yeah, yeah. for 65. But yeah. at the rate that we're going, he's 130. Or, well, maybe not yeah. that. But he's probably at least 95 easily. by the time it gets dark. Easily. So he's dead. So he comes up. He starts swinging and stabbing and all this stuff. And he keeps cutting them. And then they're healing and cutting and healing, cutting and healing. Um, oh, it's, it's like a five-minute scene of just slash and heal, slash and heal. Yeah. Stab, and then- slash and heal. Savannah's over there. Like, I can't watch. That's getting to her. Like, this is ridiculous. Somebody stop him. And the whole time, his wife is now, I guess, what, stone deaf? I mean, like, she doesn't even realize it's happening. Yeah. And it's like a foot from her. So, I mean, I'm sure even, look, I'm not deaf, but I'm sure even people that are losing their hearing or almost have none, or even the ones that have no hearing could, like, pick up on the vibrations of, like, the scuttle. Oh, you would, or, you would see out of the corner of your eye. Yeah, you would know what was happening. That old doctor flies in there like a ninja. And I mean, so they stab him with the rusty knife, and then it, you see it going through the veins. And which, she just goes, it's the rust. No, no, yeah. no. Sorry, sorry. She goes, it's rust. It just, hold on. I got to get in my character here. Again, exposition. The audience sees the cut. They see it turning gangrene. They see it turning black. They see his eyes. He's freaking out. So we know what's happening. Like, and then here she comes. Rust on the knife. Rust is like poison. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you could have just said, he, the daughter could have been like, what? She would have been like, rusty knife or something. But Which no, again. it had. We get it. But then again, it, it defeats the fact that they did open surgery on her with sand and dirty fingernails and yeah, a dirty zero antiseptic, knife. zero, yeah, anything. And so during while this is happening, I think it's at the same time. While this is happening, the children are investigating a cave for yes. some reason. And when they go into the cave, it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> that just the, the, the woman who scuttled off with her little bone deficiency um, is is now she's insane, uh, screaming about her child. Which very she much, wasn't very much there. like Zelda just, from Pet Cemetery. Yes. Um, so she's screaming about how her child, she you know, her child's dead, I guess. And I don't know if she even knew. 
I don't think she was no, there. No, I think she did because she goes, Kara's dead, isn't she? Well, yeah, she didn't. She 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 inferred that her child was dead by the fact that she wasn't there right then. Yeah, but, but she like, did not know for a fact because she's been in the cave the whole time. Yeah, and then so she starts coming after them. Um, I still don't understand why. Well, because uh, they lit a match, and she's she doesn't want anybody to see her. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so, so she starts so throwing. She lifts so somebody, a rock somebody. Up. Oh no, she lifts a boulder up, sir. She is yeah. throwing like fifty pound rocks at these kids' heads. So like she lifts one up, five of them, and it <laughs> turns out to be just too heavy for her bones to handle. So her bones just snaps, which is kind of cool. But I mean, it's so CGI. No, that, look, so that whole scene, and and I I texted you at one point. Because you mentioned that there wasn't any even any gore or whatever. I said, well, at one point there is, you know, like when she's scuttling after them and just breaking every bone. And it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, she basically turns into a crab. She turns into a little like like a pretzel crab. Like a like, little horseshoe it, crab. It looks horrible. Um, but that's literally that's all it is. So she's left to die by herself in this horrible position, I think. Weeping. Uh, if memory serves. But, yeah, they didn't try to save her. No, she's just well, in that cave. Um, and then so the next morning, because I guess they sleep through the night and they're fine. Uh, see, there he goes. The other thing, like they heal super quick. Maybe it doesn't happen at nighttime. I don't know. No, I mean it's pretty much night. Like, so no, it's they, all at night because all it's it's all taking place at night. So they they go yeah. back through their their belongings or the stuff they brought. And for some reason, they found a notebook that has all these names. Oh, no, 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 no. Ever been on the island? Oh, I didn't see that part. Yeah. Yeah. All these names of all these people who have ever been on the beach. Like somebody was taking notes. And I guess for some reason, every group before their group just wrote their names in it. I don't know. And then and then for some reason, he comes across this notepad that the little boy who's the son of the concierge gave to him before they left this little letter. Okay. Well, 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 okay. So I do remember that, but right before that, it's still at night and they just walk out of the cave and go find their parents, their elderly parents, like, well, no, they're still alive. But the father like says like one more thing to him. Like, you know, I love you. Then poof, literally just falls backwards and dies. Then the mom start the uh, Tilda Swinton, uh, the poor man's Tilda Swinton gets up and walks toward the water weeping, you know, because her husband died and then she just drops dead. That's it. There you go. Like those are like the two main characters in the movie. Dead. Quick. Just yeah. like that. Then then the next morning is when the kids are going through the baskets and they find the yeah, the, so no- they, the, the note that the little boy at the, the hotel wrote the to him in a special boy, code. Which is again, my uncle doesn't like the read my uncle doesn't or like coral. coral but yeah. the note was written in code and yeah. somehow after all of this he still remembered how to decode the code from why a kid that he met for 20 minutes fuck? why the fuck would the kid write that ever how would Why he would know? His uncle, tell him I don't like. Yeah, because the, the kid wouldn't know. The uncle would have had to have said, "Out of nowhere, I don't like the coral." Dude. Yep. Oh, there's oh, no reason why forgot. he would ever have that conversation. 
and there's no reason the kid would then relay that ever. I also completely forgot um, that throughout the movie, we see like the glint of like a, like a sniper scope or a spy glass. Oh yeah. And they're basically yeah. being watched from this hilltop from a the cliff. Side, or the cliff it's top. M night Shyamalan watching them from a cliff. Yep. So here's what happens. <laughs> All right. So, so, but we don't know that yet, but that's just coming in. I just, we, I know. We, right, we so lost anyways, over. they see the thing about, Oh, my, my uncle doesn't like the coral. And for some reason their minds jump to, and again, we know because they tell us the coral, that's the way out. They don't know at this point that there's a t- underground underwater tunnel of coral. They can't even see if out. it's coral out there. They just see where the water is kind of breaking funny. Nowhere yeah. else in the movie was like, oh, there's a coral reef out there, by the way. So they go and swim out there. They go and swim out there. And then M. Night Shyamalan's looking. He's like, uh-oh, they're swimming for the coral. And he's watching and he's watching and he's watching. And they go underwater and he's watching and he's watching. And then he just turns around and goes, well, they must have drowned and then goes about his day. It, he doesn't like, he no, doesn't they, they even had a great, they come up at all. No, they even had a great line. Cause he, he radios in. Yeah. They were going to the coral, but they drowned before they got there. Um, and then the guy on the radio is like, are you sure we don't need another incident? Like blah, blah, blah. And, and M night goes, um, yes, I'm completely sure. I waited a minute and 45 seconds. He says that I waited a minute for dude. Take 10, take 20, right? Just, You've been there for 24 hours. Just give it a little, uh, couple yeah, more minutes. Just see what happens. Yeah. I mean, nope. we all like, look, we all like his- going home after a long day at work, sir. But you know, <laughs> you got to finish your job. So he packs up, he leaves. And then we go back to the hotel and then we find out. Dun, that dun, the ho- dun. Yes. That the hotel is a front for like Wilson and Wilma pharmaceutical company and that the rocks are actually, yes, a natural phenomenon, not supernatural. And that what they are doing is they are hacking people's like medical records and finding people with certain medical conditions to send to the Island so that they can test pharmaceutical products on them. Okay. So, which is a really, it's kind of interesting, but no, there's a no, lot no. of plot holes in this. So it's kind of oh. like it's kind of like what the, they do is. So here's what happens: this the the plot holes that already existed within this film, and then you add on to the fact that nobody in the process of making this film has any understanding of how medications are studied or made. Or no, or, so like what it is is like I guess the medications like they're testing. So the epileptic nurse, um, the wife of Jaron, uh. They gave her, they slipped her this medication in the cocktails that they handed them at the beginning of the movie. Like they're welcome to paradise here, you know, and they give them like a Mai Tai. Um, and that she went the equivalent of 16 years without a seizure. So they're oh, all no, like, it was like, it was like 50 years, whatever. Yeah. Whatever it was without having a seizure. So they're like, okay, great. Yeah. We're going to send this out now, Patton and, and get it, get, you know, he yeah. like he like hands well, up the moment, vial he looks thing at and he's like, like, "Ladies and gentlemen, we cl- we cured epilepsy." But that's not how. Again, it's not how. That's, that's not, not how. That, that's not even how good medication. So some medications you just have to take every week, and they're great. Like I have to take yeah. a shot every single month for for my psoriasis. It's like that's they're not 
I don't, they're not trying to create, I mean, maybe they are, but like but, the fact that I got to do something once a month for a chronic disorder, like no, epilepsy I mean, or like the blood disorder, they're trying to invent their whole goal or how they think pharmaceuticals or how medical conditions work is unless, one it, pill yes, that you yes, unless, one. unless, unless you can take this one pill one time and it cure you for the rest of your life. We're just wasting our time in the medical industry. Yeah. And not only that, but like the way that, that would be framed, awful for the pharmaceutical company. You're telling me that you're going to cure patients with one pill. They would be broke. Yeah. Which, which, but that's, that's so that that's one of the biggest things that bothers me is because you could clearly see because they're like, let's have a moment of silence for those who sacrificed blah, blah, blah. So you can see that like the, the morality of this company is supposed to be ambiguous. Like it's supposed to be a matter of they're not in it for the money. They're in it to save lives. Right. And so they're going to these extremes and doing all this to save lives. However, again, that's not how, so your, your concoction worked on her specifically without any check-ins in the meantime. That is not the way this worked. You didn't have, the way that would work is if you had a a island uh, or a beach full of epileptics, right? Um, each one of them took a different concoction, or once you found one you thought worked, half of them took the one you thought worked, the other half didn't, okay? That is how you run a scientific experiment. You don't just leave it up to chance, which 90 of this, 90% of this shit is just left up to chance. And the fact that they allow in there no other controls, you have the guy stabbing people. That screws up all your results. Well, How that's you where that came in. If it, that, if that's, fucking, I, I'm uh, telling you, that's where, it, that's where it came in. That is the exact moment where it came in was after he made the announcement and they tell him, okay, fast track this new medication, blah, blah, blah. Um, that is when one of the little helper guys comes up and says, I just want to voice, you know, my opinion about this and how I think we need to keep, um, he didn't even say healthy people separate. He doesn't care that the healthy people die. Um, but he was like, we need to, we need to separate the mental illness or, or, you know, mental patients from the physically ill or the mentally ill from the physically ill because that the paranoid schizophrenic stabbed, uh, he called him something like the paranoid schizophrenic stabbed our, that's what we call our blood clotting patient. And that was where my jaw really hit the ground. I'm like, I didn't even care at this point, but you're really going to, like, we could have, you, you really, okay. So it wasn't dementia. He just was like a paranoid schizophrenic who, in that case, I don't know what they were testing because his medicine didn't last that long. Yeah. <laughs> like, he well, was off his rocker. Like, well, he was getting twitchy as he hit the island. Rob, he was a, he was a doctor with a wife and a family. He was the patriarch of that family. Like he was he the head medical. Just, he was like the head medical physician of this yeah. hospital in in England. Exactly. He didn't just have he didn't just have a successful career. He wasn't just in a you know relatively from what it seemed like a relatively happy family. He was very clearly, um, probably in a uh, not so great kind of way. He was very clearly the patriarch of that family like they looked to him and listened to him he guided that family like it didn't seem you don't see a lot of that where um like 
it didn't strike me that he and his wife had conversations about what we were, they were going to do. It seemed like he made the decisions. Um, and yet that, that implies that he must've been on some medication already and it was working great. Oh yeah. So what you did was you took him off of his medication and put him on this other one. Cause you're like, Oh, this, this pill should knock it out. You know, like just the one pill, it'd be fine. Um, but like the, the other one, the woman, the, the mom, the mom, her disease was a, an unnamed tumor or an unnamed, presumably cancer. Well, How are you going to heal a tumor? Benign. Yes, it was supposed to be benign. Um, how are you going to heal that with a pill or a, or a concoction? And you're going to sacrifice her entire family to do so? Yeah, yeah, it just it just doesn't make any sense. Um, just like Jaren, what was there anything wrong with Jaren? Really, you couldn't separate him from his wife. You know, you can't separate the sick people and only send the sick. You're going to send children. Jaren, Jaren wouldn't have left his wife for any reason because Jaren is a hero. He is. He lived a hero. He died a hero, and but he was a that, nurse. None of that at all is the way. Well, okay, so like companies. here we go. So let, let's let's okay. So I assume. They knew that the doctor was paranoid schizophrenic, so I'm going to assume they were testing medication on him. They knew that his wife had a calcium deficiency, um, yeah. so I assume they were testing something on him. Those both of those medicines completely bombed. They got it the worst. They the, yeah, they didn't they didn't the, do well. The blood clotting medication on um, <laughs> on a uh, hold on here on uh, the on Caprice Classic. Um, who knows? I guess it worked really great because all he had was a little bit of a nosebleed and he outlived everybody by like 125 years um, until he was stabbed. But Jaron's wife, epilepsy, okay, I, I, that's the one. I can kind of see where pe- they're really trying to cure that. Okay, but, 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 also, but, but again, but again, why the whole, did she but the go whole 70 family, years without a seizure? Why did she randomly have one? I have no idea. Maybe because, I, again, they don't go into that. They don't, they don't, they don't explain anything. Like that's what I was telling Savannah. I would almost rather this movie had bounced back and forth. Cause we already kind, you know, it wasn't even that big of, we were I was so sick of this film by the time we got to the sciency part of it that I didn't care and they rushed through it so much. It didn't matter, but it would almost been a little bit better. I would have loved for them to like have broken down each patient's portfolio, you know? And been like so many years, and this is what no, they were testing you can against. At least like have them hanging on the re- wall. Yeah, exactly. Like, and you I just, pan it just would have been it. would have been nice for that whole big speech to be like, you know, no, and the epileptic your- patient did this. But then also we have the the family of four, and like you said, she had an unnamed, unknown abdominal tumor that was supposed to be benign. So it's kind of like that's not even like a specialty sickness. Like, yeah. and you sacrificed her whole family the and you didn't learn anything from it because her tumor is about to explode. The entire family for an illness that apparently could be, um, could be cured via back alley surgery. I mean, it could have, it didn't even have to even be a tumor at that point. It could have been, I mean, imagine if the time flew like that. Like I had that, I had that cyst cut out of the side of my head that, <laughs> you know. 
Dude, that thing would have been the size of a uh, it would have been the size of a basketball in, in 12 minutes just because what? of time. It's not, you know, you but wasted again, you wasted so much time going to a doctor though. You you could have just gone into, you know, gone to a beach somewhere and had someone cut it out. It'd be fine. I tried uh I tried to get Savannah to cut it out for me cuz I'd watched YouTube videos on it and See. it didn't look very hard and uh, she wouldn't do it. But I tried. Oh, I really pushed. I was like, just Rob, do it. I saw that picture. There's a piece of your skin. There's like a, God damn it. It's like an inch. It's like an inch of scalp. Oh, it's, it was, yeah. No, they, they definitely, definitely put a chunk in it um, for sure. But I mean, you know, you, you get, you, you get what you pay for. So. Yeah, no. Um, well, you paid $20 to watch old. That's what you did. Yeah, so. you, know, you know what? You know what? I I only paid I only paid fifty to get that thing taken out of the side of my head. So I'm, I'm thinking old really screwed me on this. So the the little because I actually had more fun. Like I had more something. fun getting that cyst taken out of the, the side little of my boy head and the little girl who are now thirty something uh, show up back at the resort, right? No, they're like sixty. At the end of the movie, he says oh, yeah, he's sixty one right. years old. Yeah. So they walk up to this. To the cop, who again, we knew they were. Um, they walk up to him and like, "Hey, your name's this, right? You're a cop, right? Well, look into this." And he hands him a notebook that has all these names of people on it. And for whatever reason, the guy looks into it, and they're all missing persons. So, and he, he says that onto, he he's on this phone. He goes, "Oh, God, these people are all missing." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, this cop who, again, like we discussed with Wicker Man, they don't understand how jurisdiction works. That's not how that works. Um, uh, I understand you would go to the cop because he would have knowledge of, of you know, what steps to take next and, and maybe some local authorities. Uh, this doesn't seem like the kind of place that has local authorities. This seems like a kind of place where that resort is owned, like that island is owned by the resort and the pharmaceutical company. Dude, this island is, is gotta be in Belize or Burma yeah, somewhere. Those, cause, cause they're also saying that those one, people would not make it off the island. No, like, but, but no, like the concierge guy sees them and sees them talking to the cop. And instead they're like, no, 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 we can explain. No, 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 we can explain. And then it just cuts to, it's all over. It's it's all over the news. Everything's shut down. Everything's ruined. It's like this shadowy pharmaceutical company could have easily just not let anyone off the island, not let anyone out of the resort. Like, well, why was that? <sighs> no, because you would think, okay, this is because when they say, um, when they say what it is, uh, the pharmaceutical company's name, we're all supposed to know, or like the characters are supposed to know, like in the news, treat it like, like it's basically Pfizer. Yeah, it's basically so Johnson would, Johnson or Pfizer or one of those. Yeah, They would own, like you said, they would own the island. Well, if they're doing shit like this, Rob, yeah, they won hunt. Yes, of course. Yeah. They would have to. No, it's ab- like I said, it's absolutely 
and, and it, it just it makes they, it makes no sense at all. How did it's they incredible. find out about? How did anyone find out about that? If you can't come back from that beach, and things get older on that beach, how? Because everyone who goes to it just ends up dying, right? And then, and then, my out. favorite part of the movie. This is in like the montage scene of the kids busting the, 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 the 60 year old kids show up and they stop a family from getting off of the, um, off of the shuttle at the hotel where they're about to drink their pharmaceutical cocktail. And oh, yeah. the kids, the kids start yelling. I'm so-and-so and this is my sister. So-and-so we live at 707 Pine street, Philadelphia, USA. Cause they're, they're from Philly. And then here it comes. And it was, and it was also, also Jaron McCormick, and who was a nurse, and Patricia McCormick, who was a psychologist. So the, that was the best part of the movie. Very end of the movie, right there, they they let everybody know that there was a man named Jaron who was a nurse. Because that I think at last count that was seven times. Supposedly, midsize sedan was famous too. No, he was very famous. You would think you'd lead with the famous person. Yeah, but no, because it it's just about Jaron. And then they take a helicopter ride to the island like in Jurassic Park. With the cop who with has the no cop jurisdiction. Who has no jurisdiction. And again, I wouldn't be anywhere near it. I wouldn't be in eyesight of it in a helicopter. No, you don't know what the rules are. Yeah, well, we don't know what the perimeter is to the water. Exactly. How far out in the water is the perimeter? Yeah. Anyway, so they hover over it and are, you know, off offshore, but too close for comfort, I'll add. And the cop's like, yeah, we called your aunt. She's going to come pick you up. Are you two going to be okay? And then the kid's like, both the kid's like, you know, the, the kid, the, the boy goes, well, I mean, I guess I'll be okay as anybody who is 61 years old and blah, 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 meeting their aunt again. So that would mean like he's 61. So that would mean his sister is in her early, they're going to die. Like they just lost all of this time of their, they've lost like, like 50 years of their lives. Oh, not only that, Rob, they have no means of, I mean, are they going to go to school? Is this going to be a sequel to Billy Madison? Like what, how is how but is again, the rest like, of this going to pan out? The movie, okay, there's no because of the premise that Shyamalan set up, which makes no sense and is not a good premise. Um, but it's it's a downer. This is a downer movie, and he tries to give this thing a happy ending. Like, there's nothing happy about the ending of this movie. These kids who have no experience. No money, no jobs, nowhere to go, nowhere to live, I guess, for except for their aunt. Now, I would assume I would assume they're going to get a pretty hefty payout from this. Uh, yeah, but you're talking like a class action lawsuit that could take 10 or 15 years or let's say five, six to say 10 years. You know, what are the effects? You know, I mean, it's just it's a downer, man. But he well, tries to get that's yeah, what I'm no, saying. I, nobody knows what the effects are after, you know, after you leave because nobody's ever left. So. I'm sure they'll be fine. But like my whole thing is what if they start going Benjamin button? 
and going back. But the craziest part is, like, the craziest part is, is they don't explain anything about it. So, but they explain enough to where it makes even less sense about the pharmaceutical company and all that. I would have said, get rid of 20 minutes of the wandering around the beach and all that crap because none of it was interesting. It wasn't suspenseful. It wasn't scary. It was boring. And I would like more of like the kids figuring out how to reverse it if you wanted to try to give it a happy ending or like what we talked about, explaining a little bit more in depth, kind of like Cabin in the Woods. You know, we got this laboratory that's that's doing all this, but they don't. that's it. I mean, like our synopsis is pretty dead on this movie. It just starts, does its thing, and then oh, yeah, we, and then tries. Just, to, the happy ending is the slap in the face because, dude, that is that that is awful. The whole film was a slap in the face, but I, I do agree. Like it would have gone better. Like I would even say you already wasted, even though you've already wasted all this time of them wandering on the beach, especially when they first get there. Everything leading up to them getting on the beach, and. The worst part is, is when you just speak the exposition at people, that is usually used in bad films um, in which, order which, to... Which this is. Yes. But to make this worse is usually that's used in bad films to cut out the boring in between. That usually is used to cut out, um, you know, any kind of long yeah. dialogue see, sequences I much, or long see, plotting areas. I go back to Ca- Cabin in the Woods is probably my oh man Cabin in the Woods is probably my number one favorite horror movie of all time. Yeah. So any any of because, the because what they did was in there is exactly. specifically there first of all to be tongue in cheek. Second of all to expedite the plot. Like exactly. Just, so all the exposition is by the scientist guys, and one it is fun, it is hilarious, and what they did was they watched common horror movies and they said there's always oh yeah they're just but there's there's always there's always horror movie tropes it's like little in jokes every five minutes for everybody but it's also the what they did was is in every horror movie you have the kids in the van going to the going to crystal lake we got all this wasted kind of time in between them and meeting them and getting to know each character and the whole time we're just waiting for jason so what they did was in that was they filled it in with one, the good characters, but two bouncing those boring dead spots in the movie to exposition with what's happening in the background with the scientists and all the horror tropes. And they made it fun where they could have kind of done it with this. I think like I would have been interested to know how the Island and some of these things work, but they do none of it because I think they honestly, actually, I don't even know what they thought. The writing and dialogue in this movie is so bad. Like, I mean, it, it doesn't, the guy that plays Jaron has been in a lot of stuff, but you could almost like, I'm, I went back and rewatched the movie again, but I went back and was looking for scenes to try to get audio from dude. If you go back and actually look at the actors, especially the guy that plays Jaron, he's the only, I think he's the only one that knows how bad this is. Cause he's not even, he's not even pretending to act. He no. literally is delivering these lines with this look on his face. Like, okay, are we done yeah, here? I, I Can think we a go lot now? Of, I think a lot of the film came from, I think it was one of those where, um, was this an A24 film? Um, I don't know. 
it a lot of it i don't know man these guys they they definitely had the look of i got locked into a contract here no they um, didn't i think and that even makes the exposition and the lines not even funny but i mean even worse because they're delivering them with absolutely no sincerity nobody yeah. in this movie is actually terrified or scared they don't look scared they don't act scared they kind of look mostly confused they don't ever there's no emotion in any of it and there's no reason for there not to be there's nothing in here that's like the island does these things to you or the beach does these things to you but i mean the guy that plays jaren he's my favorite because again like his wife's having a seizure and the deadpan of every line delivered in this movie except for the younger actors is so hilarious she's sitting there flailing on the ground hi i'm jaren i'm a nurse that's the line and i mean in the most deadpan face ever yeah it's just it's it's but hey i mean the movie made 70 million dollars so you know but again this is another one m night Shyamalan is probably never going to make a bomb movie because the next one he comes out with i will probably spend 20 dollars to rent or buy it because now i gotta see I hope it's even more ridiculous than this. I mean, <laughs> I I can't imagine. Like this, this is just bad. It's not so bad that it's good, but it's so bad that it's a curiosity. It's yeah, it's so bad that it's mind-boggling. Like how somebody can fail. Not only how somebody can fail on so many levels as a filmmaker. How somebody who's a veteran filmmaker who was at one point thought to be like the next Kubrick um, level filmmaker, right? Clearly. Clearly not. Yeah, no. Um, I will say, I mean, no, I can't. I think Kubrick's awful. Um, I know, I know you do, but but, but he's like competent. Yeah, and you can at least acknowledge that. The one thing I will say about this is, like most of M Nights, I mean, this is his movie. He wrote it, directed it, produced it. Oh, nobody else would claim this, no. No, but I mean, but that's with all of his movies. I mean, so that's kind of like the risk reward thing of it. But to me, we're talking about it. But again, this movie is arguably worse. Oh, man. I don't, I don't know if this is as bad as the craft legacy, but it's right there with it. And the craft leg- legacy lost $36 million. It lost Bloomhouse, deservedly lost Bloomhouse, 36 or $32 million. I would this say movie, this movie made this movie put $70 million in M night Shyamalan's pocket. So like for that, I got to applaud you. I mean, like that's, that's awesome. You know, that you could do that, but I would say this is, I think he's, yeah, pr- the craft he, legacy. No, I, I can't. The craft legacy was objectively a better film, but I mean, you know, it's like saying, cat shit smells, you know, better than dog shit. Um, but I mean, if you break it down, was craft legacy acted better? Yes. Or was the dialogue better? Yes. Even though I didn't like it. No. Was there less exposition? Yes. Yes. Was the story explained more thoroughly? Uh, Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But you know what? Here's the Um, thing. Old had a, did, 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 it have, did, did it have better special effects and physical effects? Yes. I Which mean, like really sad. 
It did though. Cause this yeah. movie has none. Really? Yeah. Practically none. So I it just it's the weirdest thing. You no, know, this this is a this is a absolute tragedy of a film. Um it boggles the mind. I cannot imagine anybody seeing this and thinking, Wow, that was good. I'm glad I saw that. Um I will say I, this. I, w- I will say this. M. Night Shyamalan makes awful, awful movies. Yes. But, but, I, again, I guess why this movie made so much money um, and why uh, Split made so much money, why The Visit made so much money. I mean, he no, no, is no. A- Split made money because that was his first good one in a while. Uh, the but- Visit made money because that was the first one that people started seeing like um because uh, it came right after split and people were like okay well it was you know it wasn't good but it was you know better yeah, but see but what i mean is like they make money and they don't have to be good i think because people are drawn to Shyamalan. they're drawn to it just like i mean this movie is awful but it's awful it's it's this movie is terrible but it's better than even though on all the checks and things it's it's yeah. a it's on paper a worse movie yeah than the craft legacy oh it is but, but i i would but if i, I would watch, watch one of them again i would watch this one again and i would watch yeah. the, the visit again and i would watch yeah certain other Shyamalan movies again that's kind of where i'm at with him like i don't i will watch his movies because also i kind of still borders a line of just he's he's in the Shyamalan universe so this movie wasn't overly gory or disgusting or oh, it wasn't at like all. you know but that's kind of like Eli Roth's thing Eli Roth was the genius of horror but I can't really watch Eli Roth that much because it's like it's just too much like the Green Inferno that movie is terrible <laughs> but it's hard to watch too because it's just terrible yeah. for the sake of being terrible with, I mean, as much as everybody, oh, it's so gory. Dude, the gore effects are just gory. They're not anything special. It, it's like smoke and Dude. mirrors gore. So, um, me... But then M.I. Shyamalan makes these really terrible, but they're weird. I get, you know what I mean? Like, I'm okay with it. It's not. So I watched I watched Gerald's Game um, no, last week. No, 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 no. I don't want to watch that movie. No? No, I don't. Because so, that looks. But... That, dude, I've seen like clips of that, and that would just make my skin crawl. Oh, dude, no, like, so for the most part, like, it's not really gory at all, right? The whole thing is the handcuffs are more the... of a, it's more of a psychological thriller, right? Yeah. There is one scene in that fucking movie that, oh my God, like gore does not really get to me. That scene, like, oh, that, that scene shook, like where you get the tinglys on your spine, you know, uh, that gave me the tingles. Like I felt the um, empathetic pain. Um, so, do, would you like me to describe the scene to you? Is it is it is it the skin? There's skin involved, yeah. In On the her handcuffs. Hand? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a clip of it. Oh. Yeah. Oh. See, like to me, they just see, and I'm not, and that's my whole thing with like M Night Shyamalan is. He just has his own little weird way of doing things. 
and it's it's not good. Um, this movie again is objectively awful, but bec- you know it's like one of those things. Like, well, because um, there are people that like Kubrick because he's weird and the way that he shoots his films and the way that things are done. I honestly think the only good Kubrick movie is The Shining. Period. End of story. Um, but so it's kind of like I understand. That's where we, you know, where we talk about all the time, dude. You could like something, but it doesn't mean it's good. Like this movie is trash. This movie is awful, but it is better than other trash movies just because it's weird. So like, I don't think he's a genius, oh, or yeah. you know, like anything like that. But you know, I guess I would rather watch this terrible, weird kind of movie that makes no sense, and you could laugh at it because. It's M. Night Shyamalan, so I I kind of enjoy that part of it. Whereas, like, I could... I watched this movie straight through. I paused it a couple of times, texting and laughing and trying to figure out what I just saw. Whereas, like, The Craft Legacy and a couple other ones, I I barely made it through that movie. It took, like, three days to watch that movie. I could barely get through it. I was... I was... I saw this in theaters, man. I was locked in. I was stuck. I did get up and go to the bathroom, and I missed the tumor scene, but other than that. Well, I, I own I was, it now. I was locked in, man. Couldn't escape. Oh, God. Well, so, that's a... Yeah. That's an episode right there on that, which yeah. had to be done. Yeah, because... so this was this was actually a very special episode we we were going to do, so we're, there's no pitch deck for today. Um, uh, this was just Basically, Rob decided because he's been waiting for so long to watch old. It didn't even get it upset me with Am- how he Am- liked it and how he didn't Am- understand why I didn't like it. Amazon did not even promote it on their header. No, I he's saw been so- daily. Yeah, I saw I saw somebody in the group in the in the, in the horror group post about. It. I'm like, no way. I go. I had to search for it and find it because they yeah. were still promoting Bingo Hell, and they didn't even put old up there. So, yeah, um, so this was a special episode just because we were going to talk about and we will for our next one. Uh, we're still compiling notes and research for it. Uh, we're going to oh, go into yeah. I mean, on the Warrens. This one's going to be this one's going to be, be like a three hour episode, dude. Well, it's going to be hard, but uh, but we are actually enjoying the research we're doing on this. Oh, dude, I can't. Yeah. No, I the, everything everything more I learn, but oh, the well, more, that's it. More, more I hate them. Well, that's it for this episode. So I'm going to play us out with a uh, with a metal mixdown, and we will talk to you guys later. What was his name again? Jaron, and he was a nurse. His wife's yep. name was Patricia. She was yes. a psychologist. Later. Yea, I call thee forth, Transor. <laughs> well, there's a problem right there, Vern. <laughs> I knew an Ottoman Eagle Scout. He got a merit badge in wholesale thought. Did you suspect that I am a master of hedge flip keto?
told me about this troll that had red glowing eyes. Oh my, I'm afraid. 